Welcome to Content Academy. We've got another We're great back. episode for you guys. We're back. Uh, this yes. episode is brought to you by a fantastic collab. That's short for collaboration. Mm -hmm. uh, Rolex. Oh, that's and what that means. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, the Rolex John Mayer calculator wristwatch. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got um, a 10 key calculator pad, a digital display. And then if you lift the face of it, there is a periodic table just for oh reference. Gosh. So super, super handy. <laughs> yeah. uh, it comes in what silver, gold, and rose gold, of course, for the millennial. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, it also comes now, in soft rock. <laughs> a, little, a little more colorful often. So, encrusted you know, with soft rock. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so now, is, uh, yeah. Josh, I Mine's still in the mail, Josh. I think you got yours already. Um, what's the heft on that bad boy? Like how how heavy um, is this? It's surprisingly light. Um, yeah. And I think they did. They injected it with some noble gases to keep it light. Okay. That would explain it. Cool. And it's easy to, easy to style. Goes with everything. Yep, it really does go with everything. Nice compliment. So this is but... kind of celebratory for the twenty second anniversary. The twenty second and four month anniversary of the Room for Squares album. <laughs> you know, it is weird that we keep doing this on anniversaries of the albums we're talking about because yeah. um this is what we're gonna talk about today. Uh the album I've brought to the table, as you may have guessed, is John Mayer's Room for Squares, which came out on September eighteenth, two thousand one. Uh so the anniversary was just a few days ago. And honestly, I never realized that it was that close to my birthday so yeah. that's very auspicious for me Amazing. uh it did come out yeah. in september yeah I it was, it was there's a re-release yeah. i'm talking yeah, about the, the original. day after georgia was born i got you man <laughs> not i mean and like nine years <laughs> nine years in a day oh, i mean right. i mean yeah i mean yeah i was born in 2001 actually i was Gosh, trying to yeah, yeah. I could, yeah. trying to give you an out there yeah <laughs> No, it was uh, originally released in June and re-released in September, but I, I digress. Okay. So I kind of thought of this as a pre-9-11 album. <laughs> I had to be released again. Kind of I don't think anyone the country would say would the whatever happened to my lunchbox kind of lyrics wouldn't exist in a po <laughs> if it were written in a post-9-11. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> well, I love that we're diving right in, but Alex, I do think you have some headlines yeah, for us. Yeah, Okay. This was kind of a slow week when it comes to things happening. It's kind of outside of the Elon Elon I'm, sphere. I'm guessing a lot of iPhone themed news. Yeah, I the iPhone what the iPhone is whatever. Um, and I do have uh one Apple related news item to talk about. So I'll throw you a bone there, Josh. Okay. But what do you say no, we crack? Don't. We crack I don't open care. some headlines. <laughs> Let's crack them open. Okay. We kind of talked about this uh, a couple days ago. Netflix will be stopping its physical DVD service where mm -hmm. you, I guess you kind of order DVDs in the mail and they, they send them to you. and You can have like a certain number out. At any time, do they charge you per day that you have it, or no? It's a monthly thing, oh, and I you just you. return the ones when you're done with them. Yeah, I see. A lot of going back and forth to the post office potentially. Um, <laughs> if you have a post box, I guess. Otherwise, just a mailbox. Not everybody has a post box. Has a mailbox, Georgia. Yeah, that's the PO box. I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh, but they have finally stopped its physical DVD service um, on Friday, and they are replacing it. Um, replacing it will be an office catering service. So you can kind of see all those leftover DVDs that they have. They might be coasters or maybe. Oh, mini Frisbee. Like old, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw Netflix is kind of trying to break into the gaming sphere as well they have like a stranger things app or something and so now they have 
their office catering. So they'll probably bring back to bring that back to Stranger Things. They'll probably have like <laughs> I don't know something Stranger Things Surfer Boy Pizza Waffle. Uh, you can already it all comes back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It all comes back to Stranger Things for Netflix, honestly. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Uh, let's see here. Uh, NASA's. Have you guys been keeping tab on, tabs on the Osiris REX mission? No, what NASA? is that? So, <laughs> NASA's Osiris REX mission is set to bring asteroid samples back to Earth, and they might have concluded this already. Um. Who's going to tell them that asteroids fall to Earth by themselves? <laughs> Editor's note. An asteroid Wait, is a small rocky object that orbits the sun. A meteor is what happens when a small piece of an asteroid burns <laughs> upon entering Earth's atmosphere. So I'm aware <laughs> this headline might not be politically correct, but... <laughs> or scientifically. Or scientifically correct. Thank you for preempting that the backlash. Yeah, I that. just wanted to I kind know, of front load the discussion. Gotta get ahead of the it. Forums, yeah. The forums were gonna go yeah. go crazy on that yeah. if you didn't. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Apple's new iPad OS 17 makes it even easier to have an iPad and use it rarely. I found most <laughs> people that have iPads use them rarely. Um, this is interesting. I saw this. I saw this post that was like, um, it was like a video of someone like bending the iPhone 15. Oh gosh! And it's like, oh, did you know if you bend your iPhone, it'll break? Oh my word! Well, yeah. <laughs> if you on. bend anything, it'll break. It's not like a plastic. It's ruler not made of titanium. Snap back in. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on now. Let's see here. Moving right along. A Stephen King. We got any Stephen King fans in the chat? Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. yeah okay. Right. Maybe. So this one's for you. Yeah. Georgia. I have I have quite a few on the shelf. Have you read his best work? Well, Loaded what does he consider to be his many, best work? Well, I'm curious. Uh, what he would consider is probably <laughs> it uh, or probably the dark tower i don't know it's what. Hey, i was gonna say it's, kind of he his entire personality tower around the dark tower series <laughs> and being a fan of that song um mambo number no. five. Oh my gosh yeah oh, you guys heard about yeah. that, that was yeah weird. and i still can't really tell if he's messing with us i don't know that's a good point he's not you know really a humor but guy. i also feel like he kind of is though and it's also like um that's really messed up of a person to do that so no wonder he's a horror author to listen to the song yeah. that's oh, horrifying yeah. it's just like yeah. listening to it on repeat there are a lot of stephen king quotes and tweets that are like on the surface it reads as just kind of like a dumb boomer thing to say but if you read it as like <laughs> snarky humor then it's incredibly funny yeah like he had one he's a weird one guy that's like he had one that's like, if you ever see a list of banned books, go out and read those, because those are exactly what they don't want you to know. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. I love that. But anyway, I would I highly recommend 112263. Many people consider it to be his best novel. Mm. Oh, I have my list to read. So I have a, a copy of it. I have a or... copy of it, but it's, it's <laughs> on loan to someone else at the moment, so... But no, the headline is uh, um, unrelated. A Stephen King novel has been pulled from store shelves following controversy. Did you guys hear about this? Mm -mm. So this is one of his more obscure books. It's called um, America Was Secretly Cool When I Was a Kid in the 50s. <laughs> Sounds like a great read. Yeah, and he says the N-word 14 times in the first chapter of that book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so. Oh, only for yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, it's a chapter, but the chapter's like the page, and you turn it over, and then it's already oh. on to the next chapter. It's like, why yeah. do you even make that a chapter? <laughs> I am reading through some of his tweets right now, and uh, it's it's amazing. It's it like one tweet is just 280 characters. Fuck that. 
end of so the like, uh, yeah. So funny how often he curses for being an old man. Like, well, some old guys are just like that. That's true. Like that's part of their identity. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Let's keep trucking. Um, the IRS. This is interesting. The IRS will be cracking down on people who resell tickets for more than six hundred dollars in profit. Uh. So, kind of targeting those who make money off of reselling Taylor Swift concert tickets. I guess you could say this is kind of like 1984. <laughs> In 1989 minus 5. Oh, was it? Was it 1989? <laughs> I thought it was 1984. 1989? More like 1984. Yeah. I need those profits, baby. I always thought that her album, her album's not called 1984. It's called 89. Or am I That's thinking of, there's the Smashing Pumpkins song I'm thinking of. Because that famously 1989 is Biden is facing criticism on the economy, immigration, his age, and being a Linux user. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. So, not he kind likes of the little the penguin best. guy. Yeah, not kind of the best look. Um, this is hey, kind of tra trains are run on Linux apparently. Almost really? Like, almost all well, trains. They run on like and Steam and stuff. <laughs> so, kind of going back to the take kind of back to the Taylor Swift kind of sphere. More than thirty five thousand people have registered to vote after a post by Taylor Swift. So this one is kind of a like a choose your own punchline. <laughs> okay. If you guys I I was kind of thinking like do they know Taylor Swift isn't actually running for <laughs> yeah. Public office. What's the Taylor Swift post? I'm running for president. Yeah, that that I can see. Oh my see, god, yeah. can you imagine? Is there a little form at the end of the voter <laughs> registration that's like, how did you hear about us? Yeah. One Taylor of the Swift. options. One of the check options is yeah. Yeah, they wrote in Taylor yeah. Swift. That. Uh Usher. You guys hear about this? Usher. We'll finish it and then maybe Usher. the fall of his house. Yeah, it's pretty sad. <laughs> what? Usher is going to headline the next Super Bowl halftime show. Really? Oh, yeah. well, good, good for him. Every time they announce who's doing it, I was like, I'm always like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because it's not going to be like Rodrigo or anybody. Well, last last year was the Eminem, Snoop Dogg, uh, 50 Cent. Yeah. And Kendrick, right? Yeah. It's hard to hard to top that. Well, it's hard to beat Rihanna also. Right. Yeah. Honestly, I'm still recovering from Lady Gaga's. <laughs> that was yeah. a great half. I'm still yeah. recovering from Katy Perry's. Whoa. <laughs> Man. Back in I mean, after the left shark. That the was. left shark <laughs> changed everything. Yeah. Left shark incident. Yeah. So, um, the yeah, so the next Super <coughs> Halftime show, the yeah R and B slash soul singer is preparing to have a brief moment in the spotlight before returning to the musical void where they pluck Super Bowl halftime performers <laughs> from. <laughs> they always have to wait. They always have to wait nine yeah. to twelve years after their prime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see, a couple more here. Barbie. No, we'll save that one for last. Yeah. We'll next year. Last. Next year they should have like Phoebe Bridgers as the. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, that would be perfect. She would kill it. Yeah, um, really make everybody cry. Yeah. Phoebe Bridgers or Jacob Collier. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 
Oh my god. He's like trying to do the thing where he gets the audience to sing certain <laughs> They're notes. They're like so well. out of it. Yeah. The whole Super Bowl audience. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. That's so funny. Um, the White House has created an office for gun violence prevention. Um, okay. It's pretty crazy. This office okay. will actually run in direct opposition to the rest of the White House's policies. <laughs> So I guess it's kind of a yin and yang type situation. They have one small office within yeah. the White House that's working yeah. against everything else. Yeah, they're doing. It's kind of making things a little bit harder. Maybe like changing some computer login passwords for some people. Yeah, like uh, like one. removing all the. Mis- the, all the K-Cups mysteriously disappearing <laughs> from the White House. I don't know, break room or whatever. Sometimes Alex's headlines hit pretty hard. I appreciate you saying that, Josh. Thank you. We still had got a one bit left. Of a bite. Yeah. That one had a bit of a bite to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, my headlines might not always... <laughs> 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 My headlines might not always be something you hear on CNN. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. know. One left here, and then we can start talking about start talking about room for squares. Uh, Barbie, you guys hear Barbie is coming to IMAX screens. Yes. Oh yes. In IMAX, I'm (laughs) axing. No, stop. I'm, Barbie is coming to IMAX. I'm axing for someone to go with me. No, I don't think I can. <laughs> I don't know. It's so, I'm dude, busy that day. It's so weird. Like, yo, you didn't even, don't even know <laughs> that day. It's so weird. Why, why wouldn't it come? I don't know. Just so successful they want to do. I heard hey, there's give it another run. Like yeah. different scenes in the IMAX version. Oh, no kidding. Oh, gotta go. Yeah. <clears throat> well, like, what kind of scene? I'm like, very excited Ken? to see it again. Apparently, honestly. there's a scene of Ken singing, Boys Just Want to Have Fun. <laughs> oh, that's funny. She's well, like, now I gotta go. Remix of the Cindy Lauper. If they do, if they have, like, more scenes in the real world, I think I would that would benefit the movie. Really? Yeah, the real I, world I, was your favorite what, part. I think more. I loved world. the Barbie world. Yeah, Barbie world world was awesome, but I don't I'll know. take it's hard. They it's give hard me. to from the twisted mind of Greta Gerwig. <laughs> yeah. I love when they do that. It's so funny when they do that. <laughs> from the beautiful yet twisted mind. <laughs> from the creator so of funny. Little Women comes another Little Woman. <laughs> She's a toy. This one even littler because she's a toy. Uh, that was great. That's good. Okay. All right. Nice headlines. Good Thank stuff. you. That was definitely news fit to pod. All right. So, to the topic at hand, we have got another coming of age album, and I'm surely not the only uh, podcaster or listener who regards this album as. Not what the word would be like a kind of a earmark landmark kind album, dog, yeah, dog eared page, seminal yeah. landmark, earmarked, yeah. uh, really good and stuff, bookmark, you know, yeah. So, Room for Squares by John Mayer, uh, which as mentioned before, was um originally released June 5th, 2001, and re released uh September 18th, 2001. Um, originally, really, there's nine album. And there's not that much difference between the original version and the re-release. Um, and also, yes, a big part of this album was this was kind of at the cusp of um, music really being available to everybody on the internet, and that drove like a lot of the uh, yeah, like that was a that a was um, a huge part of this album's success and its its growing following. Um, so that was just kind of like an interesting. Um, almost historical tidbit that kind of coincided with this album. But um, this was the debut album 
for artist John Mayer, who is 23 at the time of the release. It does include two songs that were previously on Mayer's 1999 EP, Inside Once Out. Those would be My Stupid Mouth and Back to You. All songs on the album were written by Mayer. Uh, and then No Such Thing, Neon, and Love Song Where No One were co-written by Clay Cook, who is a member of the Zac Brown Band, uh, which I didn't know that. Um, okay. Cook and Mayer previously had a band together um, for, for a short period. Uh, and then they kind of went their separate ways after writing some songs together. <clears throat> but Room for Squares was a critical success, although it did take some time to build momentum. Uh, it, so it's kind of a slow burn, basically. It became certified platinum despite never being a top 10 hit. And it had several radio hits by the end of 2002. Uh, and he did eventually... Um, get a Grammy for best male pop best male pop vocal performance for your body is a wonderland uh which that song is considered probably the most poppy song on the album the most radio friendly um quickly became the, a staple of grocery store exactly yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um just a quick track listing we start out with no such thing which is a great way to open open the album kind of sets the tone uh that we're getting ready for kind of this nostalgia filled um it's kind of john it's kind trip, of basically it's kind of neo taking the red pill <laughs> if you will yeah, yeah. Like, get ready to take this journey with john here so we start with no such thing and then why georgia uh my stupid mouth your body is a wonderland neon and then, so that's kind of your more radio-friendly hits, and then we kind of get into um, some of the lesser-known, lesser-played ones. City Love, 83, Love Song for No One, Back to You, Great Indoors, Not Myself, and St. Patrick's Day. Um, most of the songs are about the four-minute mark, and the whole album is about 50 minutes. Um, my first experience with this album was... Listening it, listening to it in the car when I was about ten years old, uh, our family had the CD, which I quickly confiscated, and I would listen to it pretty much whenever possible. Um, I remember requesting it a lot in the car if we could listen to John Mayer, um, as opposed to like bluegrass and stuff, which I did not Do like at the time. Remember us originally getting <clears throat> the CD? I don't remember how we came about owning it. I'm sure Dad I, bought it. I'm it's sure Dad bought it. One of my earliest memories. Of oh, really? buying the city, the really? I figured it was Barnes and Noble. Yeah, it was the Barnes and Noble oh. on the plaza, and there was mm-hmm. the, little, the little spot where you could preview the different music in the oh, headphones. Oh yeah, those are so cool. Yeah, and Dad was like, "Man, come on, listen to this." And I think he showed like, everybody in the family like the <laughs> headphones. I don't he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna all. buy this. This is cool. Who's this new John so, Mayer guy?" <laughs> Alex, you would have been four or something. Yeah, three or four. Three or four. So I would have, when this came out, I would have been, well, on the re-release, I would have uh, just turned nine. Um, so yeah, probably really started to become obsessed with it later in that year. Um, I, do, I do really call it my coming-of-age album, um, and there was a lot of albums that I listened to the past two weeks to kind of really pinpoint what I could truly call yeah, what were some other, an album. Uh, so other, other potential ones... Um, that I had in the running were honestly a lot of albums from 2009, uh, which really oh, sure. informed my musical taste because um, that was a interesting period in my life because I was about to go into high school, transitioning from homeschooling to public school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had uh, vows from Kimbra that I was really considering. Oh yeah, that was that was a big one. Um, I did have. Um, Aim and Ignite by Fun on there that I was thinking about. Um, I had some other John Mayer albums that I was considering. Um, and I just kind of really kept coming back to this album because, I mean, I know the every word to every song. Um, I know the track listing. Like, I was also, it was, it came out to be a really close tie between this and Fleet Fox's eponymous album. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one kind of just just one out um, because listening to it makes me feel more emotional or makes me remember more emotions than any of the other albums I really kind of previously listed. Um, 
And I think it's because being a preteen, so from which I kind of call from like 11 to 14, mm-hmm. is pretty similar to being in your early 20s because everything is emotional. Problems are like world ending. They're, the highs are very high and the lows are really low. And lyrically, it really resonated with me and informed me over the next kind of four years of my life from 10 to 14. Um, of just like how to feel about love, about relationships and discovering who you are through trial and error and like looking at yourself in the mirror and trying to make the best of what you see, even if you don't like it and instilling in me this kind of weird, um, I've always been a very nostalgic person and I'm, I have gotten better at it the older I get, but objects hold importance to me. Songs hold importance to me and, um, just being nostalgically inclined this album just fit right in that niche for me and a lot of john mayer songs are like that it's all about uh that nostalgic feeling and kind of feeling like if i don't hold on to these things i'm going to lose a huge part of who i am and that's what i feel is a huge part of this album and i think i mentioned before on the podcast that like i was super depressed in my preteens for reasons i don't really know um i think every 13 year old is depressed but they Feel like they're the only ones going through it at the time like i'm the only one who feels like this yeah. no one understands me you know classic teenage dilemma and john mayer gave me a like a sonic space to put words to how i was feeling like even his more upbeat songs usually have the undercurrent of sadness expressed as nostalgia or regret desperation or isolation and i was homeschooled i didn't have a lot of friends and the friends I did have, I didn't feel like I fit in with them or looked like them. Um, my stupid mouth became a soundtrack to those experiences. Like I would hear that song and be like, yes, this is what I'm feeling. Um, and like, I would fantasize about being 10 years older while listening to no such thing. Like, oh, this is what I'm going to be like, you know, this is what it's going to be like getting older and going through high school and becoming a young adult. Um, and like, I don't even have to talk about why Georgia for obvious reasons that resonated right with me. I was right there. Yeah. He's like talking directly to me or when I'm thinking about that song, it's, I feel like I'm questioning myself. Um, of course he wrote it about the state of Georgia. He was living in Atlanta at the time. Uh, so it, it makes sense in that, in that regard too, but always love that song. Um, and then like the love songs on the album informed me for better or worse, how relationships were supposed to feel like also. Uh, which we could probably have a whole separate podcast on taking relationship advice from John Mayer. Probably not a great thing, but um, yeah. Right. (laughs) And that's like really critical when you're 12 and single and you're like crushing on boys who like don't feel the same about you or don't know who you are or who are much older than you and nothing's ever going to happen. And then like your body is a wonderland was like my guilty pleasure song for years. I never admitted that I liked that song, (laughs) you know, (laughs) was like i'm not supposed to like this song because yeah. it's like the oh this is a pop song on the album and it's bad or like this oh, is this a it's about sex this one's about sex and i shouldn't listen to it but i did um but lyrics excluded the album is i mean it's a musical treasure right it helped me form my taste in music uh it gave me i think better expectations of pop music than what was typically on the radio at the time um and i think Mayer was and still is one of the best guitarists out there. Um, and as I watched him progress from like this freshman pop album to his jazz and blues efforts, like it just made perfect sense. Like, you know, when I see John Mayer trying, like having um, Dead and Company and stuff, it's like, yeah, of course he would do that. You know, you just see this natural progression with him. And uh, like, you can look <laughs> back and I feel like you can see those influences in, in his early works. And something I learned today. Uh, was that Room for Squares is named after jazz saxophonist Hank Mobley's 1963 album, No Room for Squares, um, which I thought was a neat uh, I don't know, tribute. And I listened to a bit of that album today and it's, yeah, it's a jazz album. So, you know, it's not good, obviously. Um, Wait, all jazz is terrible. <laughs> Just drop that in there and keep moving along. <laughs> no, that's the joke about jazz. It's like, it's all bad. But, yeah. you know, you listen to it anyway. I love that. Um, but, I mean, Heavier Things in 2003, and then you've got Continuum in 2006. 
that be, you know those all became part of my music rotation into my teenage years um and I think it's just yeah ultimately Mayer has this way of expressing vulnerability that I haven't quite found in any of the other artists um and just he has this great quality to his voice that yeah. uh is Forever just beautiful a beautiful voice very recognizable um yeah I really think just in a lot of ways room for square is just only hints at the talent beneath this pop surface of an album so for a debut album i i think he could have he could have done a lot worse than this it was um absolutely the natural progression from his ep to go into room for squares um and i think it's still probably my favorite john mayer album both because because the songs are just so good and then also just the fact that i had discovered it at a young age and it kind of holds that place of importance in my life as well what but, a beautiful history of your experience with this album great you. words thank oh my you it's, it's all i had on it i want to open it up to hear your guys opinions i don't want this to become just a gush fest for john it was, <laughs> it was, there's, so, yeah. there's so much you can say about this album and about this stage of his career like obviously like it's kind of funny that like he's almost a victim of his own success mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he was quickly portrayed as you know like a heartthrob singer songwriter yeah. pop you know mainstream earworm songwriter mm-hmm. when in fact you know the songs on here are do have a surprising degree of depth and he is writing all these guitar riffs for them and solos and uh, maybe a lot of people didn't realize that at the time which is why we kind of have to also talk about his concert dvd any given thursday yeah yep here too which is where i think and maybe like his like letterman and leno appearances too where people realized oh he's playing the guitar and doing all of that the leno one was huge that really put him on the map yeah Absolutely. And that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, this is just like scratching the surface. If you listen to this, just like while you're in the grocery store shopping and, you know, maybe your body of the Wonderland comes on, you're not really thinking about, if you don't know John Mayer, you're not thinking about like, yeah, he's the one playing guitar in this. And you're just like, yeah, this is a cute those, song. Playing those riffs while singing. Yeah. Which is very hard to do. Absolutely. And, um, uh, that I, I, I like how the kind of the... Um, the opinion on him in like the more guitar rock oriented circles has kind of become yeah unfortunately he is very very good (laughs) (laughs) that is so funny yeah and we could we can i debated touching on john mayer's personal life and you know like i kind of mentioned you don't really want to take relationship advice from john mayer um, I don't want to make I don't make excuses for his behavior, um, and I, I don't. I also don't want to say like, oh, he's a great person or he's a horrible person. I think he, like you said, Josh, he was the victim of his own success, and he just kind of got too big too quickly. And um, I think every man in his early twenties is an idiot, and that just kind of he was unfortunately given a platform for that. Uh, Jeez, well into yeah. his thirties, yeah. So and it's like. Uh, Man, if you if you looked like he did and could sounded like he did and did those yeah. things, it would be a miracle yeah. if you came out not a complete asshole. Exactly. And um whenever people like famous people, celebrities are involved in scandals, I do try to have this attitude of let's see what happens, let's see how they react to it, let's see where we where we're at in ten years. So what were the scandals with him? Was well, a, a lot of it. A Rolling Stone interview, I know. Yeah, he had some pretty damning interviews um, using the N-word several times. Um, oh, that's right. He's kind of like this kiss and tell type figure. Um, had yeah. just scandalized relationships with like Jessica Simpson. He also dated Jennifer Aniston. Um, and Taylor Swift. And, ta- and Taylor Swift was the whole thing. And I um, think like... Didn't he date Zoe Deschanel too at one point? I think so. And then uh, Katy Perry. Katy Perry um, yeah. Who's uh, who? He, who? Much. he might have a type. 
Jeez. But um, he did disappear from the public eye uh, around 2010, 2012. Um, of course, he had um, he had to have surgery on his vocal cords because of a granuloma that was found. And um, this was coinciding with the time when he was working on uh, Born and Raised, which um, I think a lot of people consider that to be like really yes. similar to Room for Squares. And also a lot of people think it's one of his best albums. Um, and I think that part of that comes from a time of reflection and growth and just like a moving on from being a horrible person. <laughs> a reboot, exactly. It's like a reboot of exactly. And, you know, no amount of personal growth and public apology can ever excuse behavior like that from anyone. But um, I think you can still hold the art that any artist puts out separate from their actions um if you see that they've become a different yeah there's yeah that like once once art is created it kind of belongs to the world in a sense exactly and there are some artists where i do not feel that way like for example as a kid i loved the cosby show i watched that every single night oh god yeah every single night i was a huge fan now i i can't i just like it's been ruined for me so there's there's things like that of course um, and that makes me sad because I, like I said, loved the Cosby Show. I, I um, was just thinking about that the other day. How I would love yeah. to be able to rewatch that, but to I'm rewatch that, way, yeah, I'm the same way with Michael Jackson and Woody yeah. Allen. Yeah, yeah. There's just sometimes there's industry giants that make such a huge impact on the sphere that they're in that it's hard to exclude their influence. Um, but whenever you try to, you, you're still left with a bad taste in your mouth or like a feeling of guilt. Like, I shouldn't be enjoying right. this. Right. So, and like, you know, for better or worse, that really hasn't stuck with me for John Mayer. Um, I think I do kind of make excuses for him in my mind because I can separate the music that I hear I from mean, him. Um, when it comes- because he, when he did this, he was, he was 23 and he was, you know, this was before all that stuff. So who knows what kind of guy he was. And it's because it's like Josh said, like it because it belongs to the whole world, and like I feel like this album is mine. You know, it belongs to right. me in a space and time. That's what we're saying. There are a lot of many celebrities. They, they, they do ranging from actual crimes to like mm-hmm. physically hurting people. Yeah, and right. jo- John, like at the his controversy is basically level. just like being mm-hmm. a jerk. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. He has a big mouth, and who knows if he ever Even backs up what he says on this album. So. I mean, literally, my stupid <laughs> mouth, and that maybe that's why you know I continue to kind of. I don't. I still don't want to say excuse that behavior, but maybe ignore that behavior or write it off. He as seems well, to you at know. least be a chill, well-adjusted old guy now. And right, yeah, see, sure. and I think it comes back to he's he knows the lane that he belongs in you know this is his space um i think he is a very creative guy he's had a lot of excursions into um like television and even comedy and like it doesn't always succeed you know what i mean uh i think which is admirable um you don't go into something with the attitude that i'm going to be really good at this you go into something with the attitude of i want to see what this is like i want to see if this brings me joy and is an outlet for my creativity. And I feel like right. that is the approach that he brings to most projects that he has. Um, and that's I something think, that I would like to have as well. You know, I think it's funny that he never ended up getting a real TV show because he seems to <laughs> really wanted yeah. one. And I yeah. think networks would have been like tripping over themselves to give him one. But for whatever yeah. reason, that never really worked out. Probably for the best. I was going to say, probably for the best. <laughs> But there was like the John, there were a few episodes of the John Mayer show. John Mayer has a TV show, is what that was called, actually. Uh, but it was, yeah, which was funny. It wasn't, it's okay, yeah, yeah. Was it like a sketch comedy or was it like, no, he kind of like did, uh, I don't know, it was almost like a reality show, yeah, it was reality slash unscripted type, yeah, unscripted. That's yeah, he like, he like took some rapper friend of his on a tour like through nashville mm-hmm. or something something weird yeah. like that he there's also one do, like skits on mtv where like he would wear yeah. a bear costume yeah, oh, yeah. To the parking lot outside his own concerts and interviews yeah so weird yeah <laughs> yeah 
So, you like know, the just the little jokester. Shows that he used to do. The Instagram, Instagram? lives that he would do were great. Mm-hmm. Those were fun. Mm-hmm. Of course, TikTok. Um, does he post a lot of that? I think so. I'm not really on TikTok that much. He interacts with a lot of people on it too, which is neat. But um, what? So so let's see. Alex said one of his earliest memories was listening to this album at the Plaza Barnes and Noble. Um, Riley, do you have like have you listened to this album much prior to to this week's episode, or what was what's your experience or takeaway? I've been a big J May fan for a while. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of inescapable in a way. Like if you're in the music sphere, but um, what are your favorite songs on the album? The f- the first like three or four, yeah, pretty good. they go pretty show. hard. They go pretty hard. Um, I have a hard time really picking a favorite, honestly. Um, I think Neon just kind of edges edges it out for me because of the guitar. It's so great, man. But yeah. Alex, what's your fave? I mean, I could, I'm, I'm all right with kind of playing the devil's advocate type role on this episode. <laughs> As a straight white male, it's something I find myself doing a lot. <laughs> this is a good album, but I mean, there are some there skips here. <laughs> what are your, what are your, your skips? Body then? is a Wonderland. Yeah. Terrible song. No. <laughs> no absolutely not. terrible song but i think and also like i love my stupid mouth and it's like when when he says i'm never speaking up again starting now and then he's a little more like thing it's gonna end Dude. yeah it's like how how do you think he felt when he came up with that oh so smart. he was riding the high yeah yeah and i like Heck to yeah. imagine it was kind of a like like leaping out of bed in the middle of night, in the middle of the night, <laughs> jumping up. Like, Wait a second. Yep. And I wish also, I could hear that song for the first time again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, so that's funny. okay. So that's the end of the song. And I also I want to hear like an edited version that just keeps going for like an hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's so funny. He's like, uh, what did what did he say? He's like, why is it my fault that like? Yeah. So maybe I try too hard. Yeah, the girl doesn't like, yeah. like him anymore. When in reality, yeah. John probably said something extremely out of pocket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. Had that thought as well. Like, mm. that's that well, and he says it too. Awesome. He just wants to be liked. He just yeah, wants to be liked. Just wants to be funny. Yeah. You know. That song has Captain line of I played a quick game of chess. Uh, yeah, yeah, so funny. That's oh. gonna be a quick game. Let me tell Literally. you, because there's two pieces. Two pieces. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, three three times five is the standout. Incredible song. Oh, That's three by five. Yeah. yeah. So that one is on the re-release, uh, in between '83 and "Love Song for No One," and I will say that. Um, my preferences for the songs on this album changed as I got older. Um, so for a long time, my skips were um, Three by Five and Back to You hmm. and Great Indoors. And then, yeah. like, the older I get, the more I see myself or validity in those songs or just enjoy them as a song. Um, uh-huh. So now I can, I really <clears throat> do truly say I, I like every song on the album. It's always pretty much a no skips album for me, which is rare. I seem to remember the CD of this having. I'm seeing on Apple Music that there are 13 tracks, but I seem to remember the CD having a blank 13th. Yeah, yeah, it's like four seconds long. To 14. Yeah, Yeah. it was weird. Because like 13 is an unlucky number. I I don't know, (laughs) but uh. What what would have been the track? I guess track fourteen would be St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I see. Yeah, it closes. If with you St. guys Patrick's look Day. on Apple Music, there's like an animated version of the cover where the squares oh, are so all around like a slide cute. puzzle. Cute. Um, Josh, do you? What are some memories that you have like of this album? Um, back in the day, iTunes used to like track 
how many times you had listened to a song. Oh, I forgot about that. This. Yeah. I don't remember when they got rid of that, but it was a totally unhinged so feature. So strange. Just so unhealthy. Yeah. And this was... I like knowing my stats. Yeah. I know, I did too. And at one point, like, all my stats got wiped somehow, and I was, like, devastated. Oh, oh no. But I had just insane numbers on this whole album. I remember, <laughs> like, like in the in the 300s, 400s. But mm-hmm. um, I was kind of like you were, like, the, the back half, like, great indoors, not myself. Yeah, Patrick it's a slog. They're, they're all downers, but I definitely came around on them especially like saint patrick's day for whatever reason i just really <laughs> like that song now i always that's why i would always skip like those three and then go to saint patrick's day because you want to get back to no such thing that feeling and yeah you will go all the way around the horn and go back to track one yeah but i I'll, also a lot of the songs on here I, something I would do and still do sometimes is like you hear a song and then oh okay I'm gonna try to learn how to play this. But <laughs> then all the songs on here are like they sound relatively simple and deceptively yeah. easy, but no, there's like Can't a billion chords. Yep. And the arrangements yep. are crazy, and oh. it's just insane. And don't even get me started on like trying to learn the the guitar licks to mm. some of this stuff. It's nuts. Um, yeah but that really speaks to his uh songwriting on here is just like how mm-hmm. easy he makes it look mm-hmm. absolutely like in my brief foray into trying to learn guitar i tried to learn why georgia and i could like i learned it but i could never play it at tempo really right without mm-hmm. you know my hands hurting and you know i was like probably 13 or 14 at the time and i was like this is ridiculous uh, which made he me has, like huge more. hands too. That yeah. tracks. Yeah, um, I think he's a tall guy. He is tall. Like, so that that does make sense. I'm like, kind of curious how tall he is. He is. I, he is 45. I did see that today. Yeah. Born in 1977. Um, so he's getting close to old guy status. Uh, I think he's he is six three. Being old. Yeah, like, he, he does to, old like, well. How actually old he is. He does old well. Yeah. yeah. This but, album uh, was produced by John Alagia, who famously worked with uh, Dave Matthews Band. Definitely. Right. Yeah, like the, a, a layman, the layman would kind of consider this to be like, oh, Dave Matthews light. It does get comparisons. Dave Matthews. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily influence from one onto the other or a product of the early 2000s coming out of the late 90s, like the natural progression of soft rock. I can, I think you can kind of see like Dave, so Dave Matthews also does the whole like playing a complicated riff while singing at the same time thing. Yeah. So there's that. But I also think just like the way Dave Matthews band functions as like a jam band and you have like multiple instrumentalists and trading solos and stuff that whole approach definitely um, applies here. Mm -hmm. It had to have been influenced. Well, and that's, I guess that's my like question. Like, is it influence or is it co-evolution, you know, from maybe the same common influences Um, because they were kind of happening at the same time. Oh. If memory serves me right. I never really listened to much Dave Matthews, so I can't, you know, they I'm not more authority the, on it. They really peaked in the 90s. Yeah. I think... Uh, the table and dreaming. <laughs> Dave Matthews was a little bit ruined for me because of, I mean, obviously a lot of people shit on Dave Matthews. Um, but then also just like working retail. Uh, a lot of Dave Matthews. Famously, Dave playing. Matthews also shit on an entire... Uh, Oh, boat no. of people. Well, there you, you know go. This? The Dave Matthews I, tour, no. bus tour bus. Oh, dumped, they dumped their uh, septic tank off of a bridge onto a <gasps> tour boat tr- going underneath the bridge. Oh, <laughs> God. That's, wow. You heard it here, folks. Man. Yeah. Ugh. Dave On Matthews that note. played with uh, Dead & Company last summer. Oh, really? Full circle. Kind of shared a stage together, at least. Yeah. which ties into like john mayer uh has played with so many people yeah 
Uh, like he's very versatile. I mean, it's just him and his guitar. Like, and you can transplant that into any musical situation almost. And he'll just like you just you just plop him down and then step back, and there he goes. You know, uh, he might be he like one of the most exploratory <laughs> mainstream artists there is. I mean, like, honestly, currently working. Yeah. Because like he yeah. toured with BB King, he toured with da- with uh, the Dead and Company, and Cheryl Crow. You know, Cheryl like Crow. Just... he did a TV special with um, uh, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and <laughs> like Ben Folds and Train and Keith Urban and yeah. like yeah, I mean... it's like the bands you don't think that you just think they're like in totally different spheres, like Maroon Five. Like, what are you doing? With Maroon Five touring on the same yeah. bill, you know, but there Did they are. Alicia you know, because Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys, we'd be remiss to not mention Alicia Keys, because yeah, absolutely, um, very versatile. Coming out Alex of the late nineties, he was kind of a Puth esque figure. <laughs> oh, <shut laughs> oh, here we go. Think about it. Here we go. It's this this pop kind of heartthrob with the layers of musical prodigy underneath mm-hmm. yeah and he is friends with the pooth man mm-hmm. oh does, does yeah. that mean that pooth is gonna have like a scandal here in the next couple of years and he's gonna like mm-hmm. retreat from the spotlight and i hope it's have this a, immense period of personal toledo the second relationship i think yeah definitely yeah. of course naturally naturally <laughs> So any day now, Pooth Man is going to turn into a giant worm god. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. And put out an album. All right. <laughs> but that's what I had for my coming-of-age album, Room for Squares, John Mayer. Um, I was listening to it, like, all this morning while doing my little write-up for it. I was listening Man, to it, it goes all this week. Easy, <laughs> it do. It do go down easy. Um, I'm probably going to listen to it again. I wonder kind of something that something in common with all of the albums we pick is they go down, go down easy digest. well i think you're onto something there because your coming of age album is something that kind of slips in right Ain't like you you're not bitches brew as their <laughs> coming of age album it's like well you you don't listen to an album and like before the first track comes on being like this is going to shape my musical taste for the next 20 years. You know, you don't think that yeah, you listen to it. True. And then you're like, you know, by track five or six, you're like, this is what I've been missing, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and then you just, you just digest the rest of it and you can't get enough of it. Just imagine so, that the person who's coming of age album was LMFAO's party rocking. <laughs> Sorry, or sorry, the, sorry Riley's. for party rocking. Is their yeah, album, right? yeah. So Riley, you can't you know, do they, that. One. They I'm apologize sorry. for party rocking, but I never forgave. Them. It's so funny like, <laughs> to release an album called Party Rock, and then a year later release an album called Sorry for Party, sorry party for Rocking, party rock. and then disappear off the face of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, what is it? The candle that burns twice as. Right, burns yeah. half that's as long true. or something. Yeah, right, Daddy. That's true. Yeah. So, but thankfully, I mean, after I don't know, like John Mayer continues to be prolific, and I'm even though I'm not a fan of like every album or every song that he's done, I definitely have whole albums that I'm just like, eh, not for me. Um, I still, I still don't count that against him, you know, because. I think it comes through that he just loves anything that he can, he puts out. So well, and like you said, like his album after this was incredible. Also, yeah, Heavier, Heavier Things, things. and Laps. I would, I'm a big uh, I'm a big Continuum head. Mm-hmm. That's a great mm-hmm. one. The try with the John Mayer trio was incredible. Yep. I mean, there's a lot to like there. Absolutely. Apple Music Absolutely. lists the essential albums as oh, that, yeah, the first this? trilogy. Really? Oh, Room like the for first. Squares, Heavier Things, and Continuum. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if someone experiences success very early in their career, like, that's really hard to live with. 
if you're that person, Yeah, you know, because you have to think at some point, I'm never going to have that level of success again. And I think he's adapted very well to maybe accepting that after a time and just being like, you know, I'm going to forget about trying to get commercial success and just focus on stuff that I love to do. I think that's what he's doing now. Um, and I, I just love watching that. Absolutely. So one other little tidbit. Um, Lay it on us. The, the Heavier Things album light, liner notes had all yeah. these infographics. You guys remember these? I do remember that. Yeah. So fun. It was like diagrams of like uh, the track list with like different moods. And like, so each track yeah. had like different mood I just Googled icons it next to it for what that yep. song represents. Yep. I Honestly, I think, I think more liner notes. Actually, that should just be the standard for all liner notes now. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Like, I want to be like, okay, I want to feel defiant, rainy, and I, like I'm on a flight. Okay, what am I going to listen to? <laughs> if I'm buying physical media, I need extras. I Right? Yeah. Absolutely. So I also want to know what I'm getting into, you know? Yeah. So absolutely. I love that the little ironic sign is an iron. That's very great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, How did you search to find that, Georgia? Just heavier things, liner notes. Oh, is it heavier things? Heavier things, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, I thought it was room for squares. Okay. Uh, um, Something I else think John Mayer said about um his like songwriting approach was that i think specifically for room for squares he wanted he tried to make every line a hook which yeah, is just I remember you crazy about to before. think about and the degree of difficulty is insane but I mean, you can really tell he really went for that and most mm -hmm. places it you, it really shows yeah yeah absolutely and I mean, what a dedication to song. Like, it's like, okay, I'm going to write a song, but I'm going to make it as hard as possible for myself. You're right. Exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. But you do you, and it worked. So, yeah. Absolutely wonderful. Um, and then Continuum, um, which I actually haven't listened to in a while. I'll probably listen to that maybe after the, the podcast. But, um, I'll look up the track listing for that one. Uh, oh, yeah. Slow dancing yeah. in a burning room, gravity, oh, yeah. stop the strain. Absolutely, yeah. Just very, um, this almost feels like heavier things than heavier things. Heavier -er things. Yeah, heavier Even things. Even heavier things. Even heavy, yeah, heavier yeah. things too. Heavier. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes. I do very much dislike the album artwork for heavier things because he's just like kind of standing there. Oh, I like it. You like it? <laughs> it's like they haven't even taken the picture yet. Like, did you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he just showed up, you know. But anyhow, that's all I had. Any other final thoughts before we wrap? Uh, I, we've, we've already spoken way to too said. much about John Mayer today, probably. <laughs> but yeah, yep. great album. If somehow you've never listened to this album, do your, please do yourself a favor and at least give it a spin. At least, at least listen to the first, you know, three tracks. Yeah. And then see how you feel. <laughs> um, yeah, every time I listen to this, I'm like transported back to being a teenager that's like sad and anxious about everything. Yeah. In a good way, in a good way. Any any takers for the next episode? Alex or Riley? I'm happy to do mine last. last. Okay, I guess All I'll right. do mine next. Alright. <laughs> yeah, I kind of left with no choice there. Yeah. And remember, remember, Riley, we've already covered Andrew WK on the podcast. <laughs> So Dang don't it. you go doing that. <laughs> you can double up. You can double up. my permission, Riley. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it would be funny if um, two of us had the same coming of age album. Um, but since we're all different ages, I think I really enjoy it. For the next three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> the John Mayer podcast now?
Um, all right. Well, stay tuned next time for Riley's choice, which I am super pumped for. Yeah. And we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Got anything else? All right. Good. That's it. Class, class, class dismissed. dismissed.